0: Faith a Breakfast. That
1: was a, an interesting podcast. That, that was, was an fun.
2: interesting podcast. I think it was good.
1: Yeah, I, I think it was pretty good. Um, I That's enjoyed
2: fun. talking. We were, uh, were all over the map.
1: We were. My wife asked me last night, she's like, are you afraid sometimes when you go? Because I was telling her some of my frustrations. And she's just like, are you afraid when you put all this stuff on a microphone and into a recording device and stick it on the internet? And I'm like, oh, no. Uh, maybe I know uh, should it be.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is It is weird. Like, isn't it? I mean, it's it's great to share content, but uh, what a risk it is to put it out there, right? Because you might say something wrong. Um, so I'll just go ahead and say we probably did. Um, it wouldn't and be su- surprising. <laughs> we might not even know what to apologize for. Yeah. But it, it's not that bad. Don't worry. Um, but anyway, join us for the podcast. We'd love your thoughts. Feel free to email us, faithoverbreakfast at gmail.com. Um, And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah,
0: thank you for listening.
3: This
1: is our second fake little breakfast and the music has gone down, at least second tape. This is our I was like, this is our uh, second take. I thought you know, we've been doing this for a we're while. We're headed towards fifty. We need in fact fifty will be one of our podcasts that are on vacation. Somebody yeah. interviewing somebody.
2: Wow. wow, so this is uh, we've almost been
1: podcasting for a year. Wow. It's crazy. A year worth eat? of breakfast with you. Yeah, we've solidified our audience of 60. Yeah. Regular hey. listeners. Thanks, all you. Yeah. All you 60. All 60 of you from our two churches in Japan.
2: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, hey, it's the middle of summer in Tucson, Arizona. And we're back at EXO Coffee. So we are. You've got tea. i have got, got a sandwich. I've got a savory sandwich. I forgot to ask for egg over hard. And so I've just discovered the... Um, the over-easy egg while podcasting is a little bit rough. Like, yeah, that's not good. Because I don't want to be wiping my face all the time. You're very the mic. distracting. But, yeah,
1: well, oh well. It did, yeah. It is, it's delicious. So here we are. We're We've here. had some interesting podcasts. One is going up next week, and it's the one uh, that you did at the Coffee Shop with Sean Banesh. In Portland. And you kept saying your buddy, Sean. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I didn't know who your buddy Sean was. Do you didn't know who my buddy Sean was. But then I realized that when I, I have multiple buddies was Sean. Yeah, uh-huh. right, It's Sean Vanesh. I didn't know it was Benesh Like you didn't give me a last name. I didn't. So I didn't know this is the guy I met with for a year. I didn't know. This oh, was the I didn't guy know you who, knew him. Who emailed me and said, "Hey, I want you to write a book." When he had his clip company, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, it's Sean." I haven't seen Sean in a long time. That Sean. That okay. Sean. So you know. Someone that's that I even better. To him talk. I was like, Oh. But he was just the mysterious, mysterious Sean. But mysterious anyway, Sean. Well, we have to clarify Uh huh. And he'll be up on on the podcast. next Yeah, time. yeah. He's a he's a good guy. You should listen to it. Yeah, um... I, I enjoyed it.
2: Yeah,
3: I did Very too. I it was a good conversation. Yeah, in fact, <laughs> I, you know,
1: I really enjoyed the conversation that I had with Adrian mm-hmm. and uh, Kevin, and I. Really enjoyed the conversation that you had with Sean, and so I thought make a proposal is that we just split up, double our, our you know podcast output, yeah, and then just on occasion <coughs> get together and to talk about our interviews because we're boring. <laughs> <coughs> See, that would work, man. I'm sorry, I'm just like coughing. Am I
2: supposed to do um, that on the mic?
3: Also. You're
2: really not. We have a more sensitive mic now, but oh well. Um, but you know, I, I would say that's a good idea, except for this fact. You you miss me so much. You miss having these conversations so much that you did something you've never done, which is you sent topics to me before I sent them to
1: you, and you sent like
3: twenty. You I want to talk topic. about?
1: You want to talk about a lot of things. Well, I'm on vacation, and so I uh, have lots of thoughts. Mm, <laughs> and, that explains uh, it. They're starting to like you know. I have to go through this detox period of a week of just getting it all out of my you know church stuff people stuff so this is you detoxing
2: it a little bit so i get off of vacation and you think you can just sit down and detox with me you yes think that's...
1: but you're like my like pastor no pastor andy i'm not your pastor yeah, you're
2: you are your own pastor well that's not true <laughs> that'd be really sad that was sad eric i'm your friend. And I'm happy to talk. But I'm confessing, and I am a pastor. Right, so therefore you're my pastor. <laughs> See how this logic works. I, I, this I, is awesome. I, okay, man. Well, I guess I better take my relationship with you a lot more seriously. I think so. So, uh, okay, let's. There were so many topics, and they were all good. What? Um, first of all, so you. Um, my business's website is blocked on your browser. What does yeah, that mean? Yeah, let's start with that. You're I, I, you know what I think it means? What it means? You must have set such strict parameters for yourself because of your besetting sins <laughs> that you can't even look at wood. I can't look at wood. That, <laughs> that
1: word is too risky. Here's man. the thing. I went on your site. It wasn't the worst search word. I searched your site, and, and I wanted to look at your website. And it kept popping up. It would not let me. Your site shows up, and then immediately a vast comes up and says, uh-huh. "This is a dangerous site. You must like leave." Wow. And I agree. And it, and I, I've never set the parameters on a vast. Wow. So it, I don't know what you got going on <laughs> on your website
2: mysteriously. Or yeah, I'll tell you what. This is our midtownartisans.com, yes. My it, business website. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's pictures of things that you probably can't handle. On there. And the
1: thing is I could see them all, but they were all great, you know how. Uh-huh. I, that's yeah. yeah, that's pretty funny.
2: I don't think you're 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 unable to handle visuals such as tables. Yes, they're difficult. They're difficult, yeah. yeah. Benches. Yeah. Benches. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I just
1: thought it was funny. Uh, yeah.
2: Little concrete gift items. <laughs> that
1: is maybe you're materialistic and you're I'm very consumeristic, yes. I have to beat it down inside me every time. So, I see your wood tables. And I think, man, I have a few thousand dollars. I could buy one of those. Uh huh. And then I find out oh, I can afford it to a chair. Uh huh. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so that's uh, that's why it's getting blocked. <laughs> that, that, explains that explains it. Explains everything. I don't know what that is. I gotta try that out again. Yeah, it's weird. Maybe I've never heard that before. It. Yeah, I remember. I would. Um,
2: so at my old, the old church where I worked as a youth director, the worst thing in the world is when. I would type, I was like looking for images to use, like in the presentation or something. Right. And I would type in, like, I don't know, it'd be like, Jesus with a woman or something. And it would, like, this blocker would come up, be like, cease and desist. You know, and and it would be this thing that was like, this is inappropriate, and those always got reported to the business manager.
3: Uh-huh.
2: I was just like, oh no, oh gosh, they think I'm doing something bad. but I wasn't every time. I'm just looking for like, I'm just trying to like find a good visual for the presentation. But
1: yeah, yeah. that's the that's you can the, believe uh, that or not. Yeah, but I'm, I'm no, no. I'm just thinking that's the modern pastor's <coughs> dilemma. You think sixty years ago, you you need an image for that? You got to draw it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right. Right, that's true. And then, uh,
1: anyway. Well, so. So that was one thing you oh, wanted to talk me. I, I need a pause. I either called my daughter or she's calling me right now. Yeah, no worries. Hello? Um, hang on, but I'm going to pause.
2: That little pause that we just experienced is proof that Eric Siepen is a better father than Andy Littleton uh, in case anybody was wondering. Because uh, <laughs> Eric's daughter calls and he's like, "Hold on, stop everything." My daughter is actually physically present. Um, and and I, you're not stopping. And anything. I am not stopping anything. That's yeah. Right. In fact, she's coming over here right now, and we're not going to stop the podcast because well, I've po- told her not to come over in the middle of the podcast. She's laughing. Yes. And I love her very much. Yes, you do. But um, okay, so 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 you have lame antivirus software, yeah. and you get blocked from our website. That yeah. you wanted to talk about that. We've that, talked about it. It's bad. Your problem. It um, and then uh,
1: I just I just threw them well, out there.
2: Yeah, there was what else? Oh, yeah, the the book Jesus Calling. Yeah, you, that are was you down into there. Are you into Jesus
1: Calling? That's down there a that's, little
2: bit. That's like old news, man. Jesus Christ it's been so two years ago so two years ago but, so two well, years ago I don't know the
1: Gospel Coalition just got around to you know black it and everything.
2: no they did that a long time ago you yeah, just saw right. it. they just
1: reposted it they just keep reposting it
2: yeah I, I'm not really interested in that book are you? I mean uh, yeah. you love it It's your favorite?
1: Uh, well, you know my wife read it that's good I know a lot of people that's who've funny. read it yeah me too no I think it's interesting that it, it, it deals with how we hear the Holy Spirit yeah and what is actual revelation
2: right so this, this lady's got some... She's speaking as if God's speaking. Yes. Got some, that's, that's a little odd to me. Like, a odd. Yeah? Yeah. Like, oh, you know, I don't know. It, it, I'm not even going to... I just
1: don't... I don't know. Yeah, well, how do you hear the Holy... Yeah, well, I think Jesus Calling has brought about this thought on how we hear the Holy Spirit. Because right. we, there are streams within Christianity um, that believe that the spirit still speaks in ways where he reveals things to us and that right. there's a communication there that goes on.
2: But but does that, I mean, even if you do believe that, do you believe that you would happen to have 365 tidy daily devotions worth of it? That God would just give you little spirit revelations that happen to work out into a, a one-year devotional book all about
1: one page long? Well, it seemed like it was at some level her journal. I've read a few of them. It just her journal turned into a book, and now turned into a marketing campaign. Yeah, but,
3: I, uh, I don't know. That's everything
1: right. is a marketing campaign.
3: Yeah. I mean, come on.
1: Faith over breakfast is a marketing, marketing campaign. campaign. Tim Keller is the marketing campaign. Mark Driscoll's the marketing campaign. All these Not guys are Yeah, well, no, he still is. He still is. He's, <laughs> He's marketing himself.
2: Marketing. <laughs> yes. Marketing.
1: <laughs> wow. No, but I, I think it's interesting because <laughs> I, I feel that the spirit of God speaks to me on a daily basis. Yeah. Reveals things to me,
2: but are those? But would you put them in a book and suggest that millions of people this might be the same thing for them?
1: No, I wouldn't. I, I, but I think we have to be careful to not squash people's understanding. I think it's revived people's wanting to hear the spirit of God and longing for that. Yeah, and it's counter to what I think. Uh, the Reformed and the Reformation itself brought about the there's an emphasis on the written Word of God. Okay. Um, in the sense of it being actually higher than the person that it writes about.
3: Yeah, well, uh, okay. I mean,
1: I, I think I think that's the biggest sin of the Reformed people is that they think, they say that the Scripture all points to Jesus, but really all they actually care about is Scripture, not Jesus. No, Jesus.
0: Um,
2: um. And defend. the trouble comes into like, like so, two people,
1: you know, hear the voice of Jesus and tells them to do two different things. How do you discern between the two? Right, and there's where I, I mean, I think the voice of God in general has to be lined up with Scripture. Right. So you can't, and then two, it can only be discerned in community. And so if I think, you know, I hear the voice of God and I'm like, ah, oh, the voice God's telling me that I should come to the podcast and tell Annie it's all over. God said this is over. I have to end it. And you're like, wait, I just heard that the Holy Spirit was saying this is the podcast needs to continue and we need to do more with it. Well, yeah. obviously there's discerning that has to happen in a larger community. I'm not talking about that kind of. Yeah. But hearing that quiet Inward voice that that reminds you of the words of Jesus, or Uh speaks the words of Jesus in a different way than they may be spoken in Scripture, but line up with Scripture that maybe are more personalized. God speaks that way.
2: Sure. I mean, I don't, I don't actually think you know, old reformers would argue that much at all. I think we. Well maybe
1: some of the cessationists line.
2: Yeah, but that wasn't. I don't know. I, Anyway, I, I just hesitate to throw some of those guys under the bus because I think we have a very cursory understanding of... I don't think we even read what they wrote. I mean, sure. we, we have a lot of opinions about what the Reformers thought, and few of us have really read okay. them deeply. Well, maybe, I,
1: maybe I'll speak with modern Reformers.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah, people are scared of that. I mean, and, and frankly, it's because a lot of us... I mean, a lot of us who are scared are kind of like me, and we grew up in... You know, when, like, there was a boom of Pentecostalism that got really weird. Yes. And and it's still, there's still some weirdness out there. And so, um, to where it's like people were prophesying all sorts of,
1: you know, stuff that that just doesn't make any sense. Yes. The prophetic word outside of community, not tested by other prophets, is a dangerous thing. Yeah.
2: And, well, and sometimes it happened in community and, you know... David Koresh had a whole bunch of people in community affirming sure. that he was the sinful savior. I
1: mean, right. The well, the first test has to be scripture.
2: Yeah. So that's so. So I think I think the the argument that like scripture is it is very key. It is. Yeah.
1: Is. But I think what important. my my issue with it is that scripture is relatively new. In that, in the sense that it's new and it's widely spread. What do you mean by that? The well, scripture. The last five hundred years, people have been reading it. Right. Before that, it was read to them, and most right. monks were not literate. And then, you know, when you go back to the early church, they're reading a text to the people if they have one, and they're relying maybe on their knowledge of the Old Testament if they have one.
2: which is still scripture though. Like, right, and they and they seem there seemed to be much
1: more of an emphasis on knowing it and remembering it than we. Right, well, because they would... It would be like, you know, I went to your church on Sunday, and instead of... After your sermon was done, instead of music, we would have all broken up to groups and practiced your sermon. Right. So that we could all recite it yeah. exactly the way you recited it, Yeah. And then we could go recite it to other people exactly the way you recited
3: it.
2: Which, yeah. I did... Man, it was really good to have you. I did... That was a it was a strange Sunday for me and for our whole church. We had... a. Uh, we had a really oh, poor kid. We had a, a kid with a, ten, a temper tantrum.
1: Occurred. Yeah, in back. That was like community church right there. Ooh, that, yeah, that was it was. High church times fifteen. Yeah, it was. There's only like three of them instead of fifty.
2: And the room, the echoiness of our room had never been so apparent. Um, oh man, we were all feeling for for mom in that situation, and, and it was. But um, but that happened, and then uh, I've been sick all week, and just seriously, I feel like my brain last week just wasn't. Working like not well. Um, I haven't had this much trouble with a sermon. Like I don't know. I yeah, walked away. If, like if, God, if God, if like God, if God worked through it, I'm very thankful. I'm like, um, sure he did. He I'm, stood up and I'm spoke sure he other did. People. But man, I it was a it was rough. It was not. I was not. I didn't feel coherent. I didn't feel. Anyway, it was, it was interesting. So anyway. Thanks for still wanting to meet with me after that. And, uh, I'm sure you've never experienced such feelings. Never. No, never. Not never, at ever, all. ever, ever,
1: um, I never made vows after preaching that I'd never do that again. No, I'd yeah. another career. Yeah, <laughs> but,
2: no. absolutely. Uh, anyway, probably my fa- favorite part of the service was just talking to Mike at the beginning about so, about uh, just talking to him. That was great.
1: Maybe so we should have just concluded when it right there. you guys started that this was like a normal thing and I thought, oh my gosh, they're going to do a late... Their church is a late night show and that would <laughs> be the best church that I've ever been to. Right. Because it was the, the timing and everything was funny and then, then it got into regular church and I was like, oh. This Bummer. Is- <laughs> Bummer because this is cool. No.
2: Actually, I mean, frankly, I had a lot more fun uh, talking to Mike. I, I don't mean to like diminish, I'm not trying to beat up on myself. I seriously did have a rough week, and I didn't, I honestly didn't feel like I, I revisited stuff like of the sermon right before. It was not the way I like to come into a, a message. It wasn't. I mean, I'm just being honest. It was, yeah. you know. I th- it, was, it was scatterbrained I mean right. and not for lack of trying it just something wasn't clicking last week for me well
1: and you guys are taking on a daunting task one that, that you know oh man
2: that was a I know yeah I'm gonna talk about, I'm gonna talk about Moses the, as, as a deliverer and the whole idea of deliverance in general and that yeah that, that was and that was a big it task could, but it could have been done a lot better than it was but um yeah I'm not anyway You were there. I was there. It was fun. Tell us about. Tell me about Mission Church.
1: Tell me about Mission Church. Tell me about it. Well, you Mission Church, you come in, and the funny thing is, is I've been in both of your Mission Church settings, spaces, different spaces, and it's hard. Like you could actually walk into the new building, which is beautiful, and not actually know that you're not at the old building because of the S- brick wall. There's a lot of
3: similarities. Similar things
1: that you guys have got going. Yeah. But it it wasn't a huge like visual transition. No. Yeah, or, it's not drastically different. Right. And things are under construction. Yeah. Um and so it's it's that you know, but it's, it's, it's pretty. And it's, it's a really got a nice it's got nice characteristics to it. Like the brick walls and the Yeah. Um, yeah, it's young. Yeah. Very young. Yeah. And probably pretty transient, my guess is at some level. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So would you say like is that is it slightly bigger, slightly smaller, or last on Sunday when I went there? Like just as people to like
2: Uh people wise? Yeah. No, it's kinda like I, I feel like we've had way bigger Sundays than that. But also that wasn't the empty. Sunday. Right.
1: Yeah, no, it didn't feel that way. I just like I didn't see Sean there. Right. I didn't see. There were uh, there were a lot
2: of like key people yeah, out there. Yeah. There. Yeah. That I know. Right. They're
1: missing.
2: Yep. Uh, yep. Brian wasn't
1: there. Brian wasn't there. He's here somehow. The train's going by. Wow. The spirit of Brian passed. Yep.
2: <laughs> yeah. By that by. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, the, no, there were, yeah, there were people out. I mean, there's
1: the, it's the summer. The, the band was one guy. Yeah, so that was interesting.
2: Yeah, last week it was like huge thing. Yeah, like it was in you know it's funny it's like
1: back and forth. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so there's was, there's was that that was interesting. Uh huh. Um, there were things where like I was, like, I would have liked to know who sang this, who wrote the songs. Like right. that's a weird thing for me, and it's not just your church. Like I don't know who wrote this song. I don't know what it's like. Yeah, like having some context to it. Would yeah, be nice. So, like that was one of the things where I was like, huh. I don't know who wrote this song. Yeah, why? <laughs> like, why would you sing That was, uh, but yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it's it's kind of like it reminded me of early Village. It's super young, packed out college students, singles in twenties, something. Yeah, yeah. It's got a lot of hormones going in there. <laughs> hormones? I'm sorry. As a 46 year old man, I'm like, wow, this is. <laughs> you know, there's going to be a lot of babies in 10 years. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, no, that's for sure. It's it's happening.
1: Yeah. It's definitely in the works. You yeah. guys are, you know, you're moving, you'll move to a more family-oriented church, and that'll drive a lot of yep. how you think about things.
2: No, it's interesting. We're having a discussion that we actually started yesterday about, like, so, you know, we merged a year and a half ago, but this, the group who is here looks different than it did a year and a half ago. It's not, there are similar, there are people that were still there, but even their lives are changing, and uh, and then there's new people that weren't here a year and a half ago, and some people from a year and a half ago have kind of you know moved on to Hillsong or whatever. Um, and we both smile as I say that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But uh, but the yeah, I think we have to. We do. We have to kind of recalibrate a yeah. little bit considering that. I mean, we've got we got a bunch of babies about to be born. Like some of our young involved couples are becoming parents. It changes things. Yeah, it impacts
1: involvement level. Completely levels. changes things. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and and you have to change like that. Like the one thing I, I noticed is it's just you guys will end up having to figure out in service how you engage parents and how you engage like the narrative of explaining to them how things work and why you do this and all that kind of stuff, which is all part of being a new church and, Yeah. You know, the young people and the kids and trying to figure yourself out. Yeah. Well I
3: I mean we I enjoyed
1: it. I felt at home.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, okay. One of the things Mike and I talked about at the beginning was we went and saw First Reformed. Yeah, that was I invited you. You never even responded to my text message. Okay, vacation.
1: Yeah, sorry. Were
2: you in town?
1: Uh, Yeah.
2: One of those vacations.
1: Yeah, I'm still on vacation.
2: You're on vacation, so you're here doing this I detox
1: for the first, first week. Yes, this is very detoxing because we have not gotten to everything I want to talk about. We okay, to talk about your church, which I love. Your church, by the way, oh, so thank it's you. good. Thank you. And, uh, anyway, you talked about First Reform, which I didn't. That was one of the topics. Can I talk about First Reform without saying the movie? Sure. Okay. Yeah, just
2: not intelligent. So, what's no, the movie about
1: it? in general? I can't tell you successful. That's then you you just have to go see it. Oh. The way you guys pitched it is like the most depressing movie ever made.
2: No, it wasn't, but it also like I think I think I felt like I needed to give that disclaimer because when you when you say to people who are like in a church world that there's this movie Yeah um, that, you know, is about faith, it, you know, I felt like I needed to dial that back a little and go, like, by the way, you know, you're this isn't going to be you're not going to walk away from this going just like, oh, like mm-hmm. Like, oh, God, is so good. You know, you walk away from it, like, kind of going, like, oh, wow, like, A, like, what, what just happened? And B, like, that was really sad. Um, but was that, but, like, what did it mean, you know? And so I, the the thing that was so great about it that I think why Mike and I were still thinking about it and talking about it is it evoked a lot of conversation and questions and when you just walked out of the movie, in my, in my opinion, you walked out going like, ugh. Just, you felt like... I mean, there was actually a visible, or not a visible, a, you know, an audible groan, or like, somebody behind us in the audience at the end of the movie was like, really? And that was, because like, when wow. it ended, just like, really? And this isn't a Christian audience, you know? necessarily I don't know who. I don't know who's flocking out to see it but it's it's getting reviewed and very highly reviewed outside of Christian circles so yeah um, but it made you want to go what what does it mean what was that about and then the interesting piece is that Paul Schrader um, whose movie it is you know was uh, raised in the Christian Reformed Church and went to Calvin College and oh, really? seminary and so um,
1: and he's an atheist now right
2: yeah, I, I actually I don't know. I oh. can't speak to that. Um, but I heard he, that was
1: the rumor that was swirling around the movie.
2: Yeah, I mean it's possible. I mean he definitely has not. You know he didn't fall into the into ministry, right? Um, and his his you know the things he's exploring are are dark. But I would even say from this movie, if this movie truly is capturing his own thought, he would be very he would be wrestling and very troubled. But that there still might be. Um, glimmers of hope cool. but um, but I don't know I don't know the guy but it the fact that he's coming from that place makes it extremely interesting uh, to me and so I, I I think that you know a film that directly engaged with faith this might be one of the most thought-provoking and meaningful ones I've ever seen but it did
1: not you did not walk away cheery what. What well, I thought it was interesting about the little dialogue you guys had at the beginning, because it reminded me of Early Village, because you're going back and forth about a movie, which we talk a lot about movies in the beginning of our church. And yeah. then Mike ends it with like a, a little thing about, well, it was better than God is not dead 3. Right. And then you have made a disclaimer, and I remember... What was my... What did I well, say? Well, your disclaimer is, these views are not... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: Uh, Necessarily, by the Elder
1: Board and blah blah blah, something like movie yeah. disclaimer. But I remember at the village early on when, I was, when the Passion of the Christ was out, and I was like, don't go see the Passion of Christ, go see Hotel Rwanda. That's uh-huh. more about Jesus. Yeah. And and did being very adamant about that, even though it was very anti uh-huh. Christian culture at the time to say something like that. But right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, I, I mean, first reformed i think everybody should see it um but but go into it knowing I, I think you should go see it with friends i think you should go see it and then go get dinner and a beer um or if you struggle with alcoholism uh soda um and uh disclaimer <laughs> yeah, i'm just have, throwing out a lot of disclaimers. if you have
1: like some kind of heartburn issue just drink some tea <laughs>
3: Yeah, Water. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Eric, exactly.
1: <laughs> like you, like you, you know that you, right. you get that.
2: I got. But um, i on
3: with
1: you on
2: this. But go, go unpack it, so the we're, movie. We're, That's what I'm saying. Go unpack give me it with
1: one people. like theme, one thing that, that like that really like this show is trying to. This movie's trying to really evoke to think about. It. Um. Well, it's I.
2: I think one theme is it's, it's presenting two churches um, in it that I think are very purposefully representing um, the American, North American church. And so there's First Reformed, which is a Dutch Reformed co- uh, congregation that should be done, should be dead, um, but it has been kept alive um, by a donor. Um, and the the situation within that church. And then there is abundant life, um, which is the donor goes to that church. So it's kind of the church that's helping First Reform survive. Um, and it's and it's blowing up um, so, you know, from what you can gather. Um, and they're, they're two very different types of churches. Um, and you are invited to observe what is happening within the two of them. And it's not so cut and dry as to like... You know, I immediately, just having read stuff about the movie before, came in going like, oh, yeah, like, you know, First Reformed is, like, is going to be traditionalist and, you know, yada, 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 and Abundant Life is going to be the megachurch and so on and so forth. And um, and it's, it's Schrader makes it much more complex than that, um, which is wonderful, That's cool. which is good. Um, uh, there's... Yeah. What, hope and despair? Those are two two other big themes okay. um, that will that are that are big in the movie. Um, um, I mean, there's there's a lot. Yeah, there's a there's kind of a subplot that I think you're invited to uh, to wrestle with whether it's literal or not, like whether it is the the subplot you think it is, which is really interesting. And what does it mean? Um, yeah. I don't
3: know.
2: It's, it's a set in, like, 2017, so it's... A, Very modern. It's yeah. it's not meant to be... Yeah. And then... Um, yeah, so Schrader's written on um, Transcendence in Film. He has a book about it, and so there are films that he speaks about in his book and this film is a direct modernization of a couple of those okay um, so th- it's it's not meant to be like this is a new brand new novel idea it's bringing the thought that was presented really I think in the 50s and 60s to today interesting
0: yeah
2: Diary of a Country Priest is one of them I believe okay. have you seen that no or Debt no. I haven't seen these either now no. I want it, I'm wanting to go that's, watch them that's
1: good. I'm not really an art house movie person. No? No, I don't like art house movies. Actually. Oh, well, then don't bother. But I'm going to go see this one or, or rent it and see it. Yeah. For sure.
2: Okay. Yeah, no, I think that's good. And I, I love, I personally love watching a movie that needs to be unpacked and going and, and working then- it through with friends. Yeah,
1: that's... that's love it. Cool.
2: One of my favorite things.
1: That's really cool. Yeah.
2: So, anyway. First Reformed. Yeah, yeah. There you go.
1: There it is. And I... I- didn't really intelligently discuss it with you, but at least I heard a little bit
2: about it. Well, you let me talk. Yeah. And this just makes me feel so much better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait a minute. What's going on here? You're my pastor. Yeah, I am your pastor. Thanks. Pastor Harry. Pastor
2: Aaron. <laughs> You're not on vacation. No,
1: I'm not on vacation. I'll take that. Well, one of the things that I was wanting to talk about, one of the things that, like, I don't know, it just got under my coat and I, I kind of... Under your goat? Yeah, goat, goat goater? I don't know. Do you have a goat? underneath me.
2: I have two goats. I
1: know. I don't. (laughs) Anyway, it's it's this whole thing about how we as followers of Jesus handle politics. Ah. Oh, and the bowing. Yeah. Well, I wrote down like Chick Christian's Neil with... With the football players. But part of it isn't just that. To me, I just, I am at a point where I don't understand why we can't, as followers of Jesus, sit with each other and have decent conversations. And we've come to the place where. We don't even understand as brothers and sisters redeemed by Jesus how to talk about things. We use incinerary language because we watch our leaders yeah. do things that we disagree with. And so what happens is some of us are very uncomfortable when we like let's just move backwards to Obama okay. who oversaw, along with many other presidents, you know, basically genocide when it comes to abortion. Right, and we're comfortable. We're upset at Christians who vote for for him because those people hold different priorities. They mm-hmm. they hold things like racial equality and helping the poor and dealing with you know the universal health care people over this other issue. They don't think that's an unimportant one, or vice versa. We're 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 upset at people who are though maybe don't appreciate how vulgar Trump is, but he. Is overseeing a time where people who value gun rights, value uh, you know, abortion being reduced as right. things that are very important to them, we we're upset at them. And so, and so we begin to compare them to Nazis or to the others to like Stalin, and, and we be, we 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 can't just sit down. And we think people are so wrong. And we're so angry. Yeah, and we can't. We don't have any, we, we can't handle cognitive dissonance. We can't handle sitting down, like, and disagreeing with each other, and, and even believing that we're right, and still understand that we're broken people who could not be right about this thing.
2: Or that somebody's worth listening to, whether they're right or not.
1: Right. And, and that's, that's, I, it has to change. Yeah. Because, and, and I'm so upset at Facebook because it just is a place of explosive conversation and it's painful and it separates friendships and it's, it's as if you can go ahead and have hateful speech with no consequence.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I just, I, I, you know, and as, as people who are Americans find free speech, but Christians who are followers of Jesus and belong to a different kingdom should not participate in hateful speech. Agreed. I just can't lose, I don't see that as the way of Jesus and you know, treating him in the Spirit. so I'm done with my rank. Right. that was just I, I so the football player I, thing I, I don't agree. Yep. I don't I mean that's a super complex thing And that we should support football players kneeling. should we support football in itself which is a violent sport oh, I mean
2: that's, that's an excellent question I, I mean I know I mean, like people who I mean you think this is like a right left issue like I've, I know people that are like You know, well, on the left, who would say like football is evil? Like this is, and I would say more on the, I mean, not on the left necessarily, as the way that we see it today, but people who are really questioning, like, why do we glorify this thing? Yeah, you know, who, who, who have been saying for a long time, like, you know, that we here we have these dilapidating inner cities, but we're pouring millions into stadiums and. This makes no sense, but then there's people on the flip side of that who say, like, "Look, this is one of the best shots we've got at, at you know, boosting the economy and helping people out of poverty." It's all very and complex. giving,
1: and giving you know people who have been oppressed a voice that's public and that can be seen. Right?
2: Yeah, sure, it, uh, football does that. Which is just that here's the thing: it's like nothing is is uh, I mean, nothing as we experience it is utterly evil or utterly good. Football has its dark side, and it and it has its you know benefits. Obama had his ups and downs Trump has his ups and downs Um, everything is a big mix but we but we want to we want it to be like it's either one or the other and it's not a football player could bow for a good reason a football player could bow for a bad reason Um,
1: right yeah well no I I think we as Christians don't even know how to speak in the public square anymore. No, we don't. It's true. We don't know how to have a voice of moderation. We don't have a voice of reason. We don't know how... I mean, we just... We're not people who keep playing the gospel. We keep playing... And this is... We keep playing to a law and saying, look, the law is what's important instead of saying, no, grace is what's important.
2: And then, I mean, so so that's, that's interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. And I've I've said that very thing, but then it's like there is something to grace that can only be understood in the light of laws. Sure. So you know, there's there's a, for somebody to to receive unconditional acceptance and to see it as such, they must understand that there are indeed laws and truths and things in which they that deem them undeserving of love and acceptance, but that. God and a community would extend it anyway. And so
1: I I think I agree with you. I think though that the other expression of grace is love.
3: Uh-huh.
1: And if you understand the higher law, which above uh, all, which is that we're image bearers of God, and that dictates like, you know, who we, how we interact. I mean, the great, the commandment of love God and love others itself, love one another, to demonstrate what Jesus said about of job. Like, that's loving people, yeah, sometimes it's being firm, and sometimes, but it's never... But
2: loving people does get broken out into laws.
1: It does, but it's never dismantling people's character.
2: No, I right. I fully agree with that. That, yeah, that some of the things that that we as Christians are right. engaging in break we, we might keep or fight for certain laws but right. break higher ones yes. in the atten- and, and that is, is never going to be a good idea but I don't think it's that you then stop caring about laws no yeah no
1: because you can't well there are some things that yes there, you, are, there are laws
2: you cannot promote love without law right like, it is unloving to, you know, Jim Crow is not a loving system. No. And so there must be laws in which that is deemed not okay right. um, in order to fight for love. Right.
1: Yeah. And that and the thing is, is that as we move forward, those things become more complex. Yeah. I oh, mean... Yeah. yeah and that's where we end up getting upset at each other is we can agree <coughs> on certain things being wrong and how we think the right way to approach them becomes. Right. but it's never to publicly
3: attack people
1: right. I, I, that's just not, not the Jesus to attack
3: that character
2: and I mean what do you think about this I feel like some Christians would, um, there's an assumption that people should be governed by the Bible when they don't know what the Bible is, or they don't interpret it the same way, and so interestingly, yeah. even on the Jim Crow slavery issue, I was reading. I was reading up on fairness a couple weeks ago, because uh, a couple weeks ago in my sermon, I was kind of unpacking the idea of fair as it had as it related to Pharaoh and Moses and Romans nine, um, and uh, and so you get into like. Philosophy of fairness and the people who have been, I think, the most thoughtful about this have said, um, fairness is a they call it a dummy concept because they say it it depends on your your views of a whole lot of things. Like so, one guy actually unpacked it as it had to do with slavery and said, like in in the worldview and the thinking of some folks, which back in that time, to call slavery unfair was unintelligible to them because in their view of things, and that was even a. They didn't even have biblical language attached to this. Sure. In their view of things, it was not unfair. And so when you called for fair, they didn't see this as a violation of fair. They had a different view of fair. Right. And so then you know, two people are calling one thing is they're calling it fair and another's calling it fair and it and they can't they can't parse it out. And so his suggestion was that fairness is essentially doesn't exist. No. Um, it is a it is a construct, it is it's piece of Your assumptions, and so you have to know the assumptions of your culture in order to define what they think is fair. And then, when you run into another culture, they have different ideas of fair. So, globally, you can't even really talk about fair. Um, Then he said, the only way that you could establish fairness would be to have something, um, a governing principle that everybody agreed on, in which fairness could be established. Which I would, I would venture to say, is why scripture is such an important thing to have is that you could if you could agree on it right well but then you could work out
1: but even in scripture like what, what is fairness no i know. I, mean, I fairness well, is not i mean the fair fact that like i was born first and my brother was born second isn't fair well right and so,
2: and so in scripture one thing you do learn in there very clearly is that like you don't things do not come to you via fair fairness right, right. that's something that um, right,
1: the rain falls on the, like the righteous, righteous. Yes,
2: right. No, right. Right. But um, but we're getting that. Even that idea is like being you know, laid laid out by God, giving us some insh- like, hey, don't don't expect from God. You know, just because he got this, you get this. Right. He got a birthright, you get one too. It's not. It's not. Um and, and, and I think that's an offense that people struggle with in scripture. But the truth is outside of scripture you don't even you don't get you don't get fair either. It's just a dummy concept.
1: Well and I, I feel like it's it's not honest. Right. Well, just to go back to like, forget the political things. One of the things, I'm smaller than maps, at least, but one of the things I've been <laughs> thinking about have. is it's <coughs> because of the Southern Baptist Convention and the Me Too movement and all that that's happened recently. that uh-huh. um, I've been thinking about women in office again uh-huh. and, and the limited opportunity for women to be in office in some of these places, right, where they can't be elders and pastors. So when we come to that in Scripture, if you, if you come at it one way, and you believe that the office of Elder is limited to a male, mm-hmm. you imagine it as a puzzle. The puzzle starts fitting together really well, and it looks like it's really good. And then you get to the end of the puzzle, and you're like, I'm thinking I have all set, like 15 pieces that don't go to this puzzle, and I don't know how to fit them together. They don't make any sense. And you're just stuck with that when you decide to make that point. And if you're a person who decides, like, you think scripture's speaking towards women being able to be elders, you start with a puzzle and you're like, wow, I don't even know if I... This is a puzzle. And then you put it together and you manage to get the edges and the back end fits together beautifully. And you look back at your puzzle and there's this gigantic hole in the beginning where there are no pieces. Like, it isn't... Right. And and so what you do in that position is you just pretend like there's no hole in your position, like there's no hole. We got it. Look how well it fits together. Right.
3: Yeah.
1: Or if the other one, you it fits together beautifully, and then you get to that end, and you're like, well, I guess we just got a puzzle mixed up, and we're not sure what that puzzle is. Instead of just, and then we pretend like that's not there at all, I and mean, it's not honest about either one of these things. We begin, when I just read this article from a friend of mine in this dialogue where he was accusing somebody right. who believes that men are the only ones who can hold the office of elder, of bringing his bias to the reading of scripture. Right. And I, and, and I love this guy yep. who believes, and I agree with the other guy, actually, in the sense of his position, not with his accusation.
2: Right. But you're going, how do you call how that a bias? How can you
1: possibly call right. it a bias and not be an honest reading of scripture? Right. Look, like, both the puzzles have holes, but they're honest readings, in my mind, of Scripture. Like, and, and you have to go with your community of private convictions with God. Like, you can't say. But we do this with a lot of things. Right. Wait, we say, no, I'm going to stand here, and you are just wrong. And you're, and, and and so, you're, and you're an idiot. Yeah.
2: Not only are you wrong,
1: but you're, you're stupid. Right. And I'm not going to walk down that path of you and, and see what's
2: yeah. Same thing. Like, yeah. That, that's yes. That's, so this is kind of like I feel like we can't
1: because I would learn a lot from I learn a lot when people speak about the things and I don't I don't know I just feel like there's a few things I hold very closely and they all have to do with Jesus. Yeah. And how I understand the revelation of Jesus in Scripture
3: that I, you know, feel like... It's
1: so, I don't know, we've become such a divided people. It's probably why really I like this podcast, because, hey, like we do actually disagree with each other.
2: Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite things about these discussions, is that you and I, we didn't pick as a podcast companion, like, our twin. Right. Our theological twin or our methodological twin. Our churches or, are different. Yes. Our... our uh, the, you know, our our interpretations of scripture are miles apart, but they're not the same. Um, but but we like talking, and we yes. and we learn, and and we learn, and and I love that we get to share that. And that. That's why I hope people listen to it, is because because of that. And I know I'm sure that you know somebody out there could would could be like Eric, why do you talk to that you know, more conservative guy? And, and friends of mine could be like. Oh, why do you why do you lend voice to the more liberal guy or but I don't but I don't a think those the, I get to be don't, called the liberal guy. I don't well I don't <laughs> think you necessarily are. Right. But I because somebody could say that. And, right. and I don't view myself as conservative either, yeah. but somebody could could say that too. But I, I like that what I don't know. I enjoy I enjoy talking to you because I think we, we care about each other and we like to hear each other's viewpoint. Um, and, and even if we don't come away with a conclusion just thinking more. Right? right? And I think that's, in many ways, like, that's what I want to promote. That's what I want to promote through the podcast. Like, the, even the little the book I'm writing, like, I want to promote a similar idea, like, from my father of, like, of uh, not, he, he didn't bully his way around. And I just feel like we need to hear, you know, of somebody who led quietly, because, goodness, you just don't see that. At least those, those people are there. We're just not talking about them. We don't respect them anymore.
1: Um, right. Not listening. Well, the quiet man was the, you know, he was the thing sixty years ago. Yeah, the quiet leader was. Yeah. You know, now it's the very extroverted.
2: Yeah, whoever tweets hard, right? Like, yeah. um, well, which we all, one. which I mean, we all leader, are. I've, I've seen it. I really, I don't have a Twitter. <laughs> um, Oh, well, That's me tweeting for you. I that's remember. that's you. You're At the one on Twitter. Andy. <laughs> Andy. <laughs> but I mean, it's I don't know. I don't know. We're all discussing with social media, but we're all still the, the people we listen to are still the most active people on there, aren't they? Yeah. So, do we mean that? And we're on social media.
3: Yeah.
1: For all sixty of our people. Yeah.
2: Right. We are the talking ones.
1: But I, I think like that that's my message of life is that I want to be able to listen and talk and not. To to undermine and diminish people's character, right. to like I, you got to honor the image of God in people, regardless if they are filled with the Spirit or not, they are potential temples of the Holy Spirit if they're not people are the Spirit. And right, and, and
2: right. not and not listening to them isn't going to get yeah. like that's not that's not the mission of Jesus, right? Yeah. Oh, to, yeah. like, to label them and shut them down, I and mean, that's not.
3: I think
1: that requires us to sacrifice. You know, I mean, if you're a male and you're fighting for women um, to have equal pay, that may mean actually you have to make less. Yeah. Right. There is some yeah. sacrifice in listening and thinking about what you might need to do to help. Yeah. Or to at least listen. Yeah. yeah. It's a sacrifice.
2: Yeah. And that's that's the hard part. Like we can be you know, for it all day long.
1: Um, yeah. Right. And we can talk about, like, I mean, we talk about a lot of issues, like, including inclusivity and all these kinds of things, but are we living that? Like, is that the way we live life? I don't know. I...
2: Yeah. And I and I'm, I would say I'm not even so interested. I mean, I remember in, in my school, which was theologically very liberal, that I went to in, in Chicago, there's a lot of talk. About power structures, yes. And what dawned on me, and I and I made a real fuss in a class, which I was young enough and I didn't know enough about education to just do this. Right. I didn't know that you weren't supposed to do this, you know. But I, I went off, and actually, on an African American professor, which you know was very dangerous, I suppose. But it was like, here you are, you have a PhD, and you are telling me how I need to think and you are telling me that i that like you know that power is something that needs to be given up that there ought not to be any power but you all your authority has come from a, an educational system that's put their their stamp on you any power i would have is from passing your class and getting the stamp of this you know educational system and like so do you really believe in weakness Actually, right. like, prove it. Yes. Um, go be weak. Like, this isn't. I was just wrestling with that, struggling with, it. and I and I continue to struggle with that to this day. And then, like, and then when you get power, which is like, it's it's a weird place to be for me to be a pastor and a business owner. I didn't. I didn't plan for this. Right. I didn't assume I would do this in my life. So then it's like. Once you have power, it's complicated to go, like, so what do I do with this?
1: Right. Well, and I think like one of the most <laughs> transforming things for me was uh, being in a, in a conference where they're talking about deconstructing your power as a pastor. Uh-huh. And just even the fact that you stand on the stage gives you power. And yes. You put, your is the only voice that's micro-phys. Yes. Is power, amplified. power, power. Right. So, yeah, and how do you begin to hand back within in your conversation because every week you're coming and saying this is what this is what scripture says this is what causes, this is what you should believe this is what you should think this is how you should do it this is what your life's about you need to you know that's a power
3: that's a power stretch
1: yeah oh sure and, and you can't completely undo it but there are ways of flattening it out some you know?
3: right
1: and, but you're right like, that talking about it
2: goes so far right you have to do it you have to do it yeah that's yeah how are we doing there we are we're, we're uh, two white guys talking on a microphone yeah our ethnicity there <laughs> it is <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: oh my
3: goodness well, hey uh this has
2: been faith over breakfast uh Including almost as uh, powerfully as First Reformed, leaving you with moans and groans. Moans and groans. Um, But uh, good to be with you. Good to be back at EXO. Good to be here with uh, all kinds of people chatting it up. You're on vacation. I'm on vacation. Go take it easy, man. I will. All right.